do Jewish women talk about midlife? Hi, I'm Devara Krasniansky, and I've been coaching women for a long time in all areas of life, including women in midlife. Midlife is an exciting time, but it's also confusing, and so I invite experts to join me here as we unpack this crazy and interesting time of our lives. You can join our conversations on our Facebook group, Jewish Women Talk About Midlife, and on our website, Jewish Midlife. In this episode, I spoke with Dalia Brunschig about gut health. Yeah, that gut feeling. Yeah, the gut. Yeah, that gut feeling is way more important than you might think. We talked about everything from how menopause and hormones team up with your gut to what food to eat for good digestion. We cover how to know if your gut is in good health and bloating and probiotics. Zaya also shared some tips for developing good habits that really impact gut health. In our journey for healthy living in midlife and beyond, it's also important to address our gut. Enjoy this episode. So I'm really excited to be talking to you, Dahlia, about the importance of gut health. I know you do so much about nutrition and health, but I want to focus specifically today on gut health. So thank you so much for this topic. I have so many questions, and I'm sure that you have so many questions from your clients. So let's just jump right into the topic. But first, talk a little bit about what you do in general with nutrition, health, and eat. Thank you. Thank you, Dvorah, for having me. It's really, really exciting to be here with you. And I really, really appreciate all you do and bringing all these important topics for all these midlife women, Jewish women that are looking for answers. So really, thank you for having me here. My name is Dalia Bontrick. I live in Switzerland. I'm a nutrition health coach, certified nutrition health coach, where I help Jewish women identify their unique blind spot, preventing them from losing weight, but mainly feeling great in their body. And how do I do that? I help them identify symptoms and listening to their body. Body is always sending us messages and we need to be in tune with those messages, signals, in order to give it the right thing, give it the right food. Not necessarily only nutrition. I also focus on things outside of the nutrition, which is like the food that's not on your plate, but we can talk about that a little bit later. I want to, because I think that's such an important piece of our physical health is also, like you said, I love that term, food that's not on your plate. So let's make sure we get to that. Yes, definitely. It's just very important to really take the whole picture when it comes to somebody's well-being and feeling good in your skin. So yeah, definitely. Okay. Of all the areas, I chose to talk about gut health, because I think it's such an important piece of our overall Let's talk a little bit more about what you see in gut health, what you see what people are struggling with. What does it mean, gut health? So let's give an overview first before we go, before we dive deeper. Okay, great. Thanks for that. So, you know, the saying, it all starts with the gut. I think it's so true because it reflects the fundamental importance of a healthy gut in maintaining a, a, the overall well-being. So what is gut health? Most people believe that the gut health, like, is the stomach. But it's more than that. The gut is not only the stomach. The main difference between the stomach and the gut is that the stomach is the part of the gastrointestinal tract, whereas the gut is actually the whole entire, entire tract from mouth to anus. So the stomach and gut are two parts of the digestive system. I just think it's important to differentiate between them because if you have a stomachache, it's not necessarily that your gut health is not well balanced okay now 
to have a healthy gut, you need to have balance between the good and the bad bacteria, which are produced in your body. We need both. It is referred as the gut microbiome, which is a community of beneficial bacteria, which is essential for digestion and metabolism and for the immune system. When you don't have a good immune system, your immunity, that means that your gut is not in a good place. So how does the gut work? It's the digestive system, which converts the food we eat into their simple forms, like glucose, those sugars, and not necessarily processed sugar, the amino acids that make, the protein, make up for the protein in our body, and the fatty acids that make up the fats. And it breaks down the food in this absorbed uh, bloodstream into the small intestine, and the nutrients are carried into each one of the cells of the body. Now, Hashem gave us this body that we actually need to take care of. We need to look after this body to live a healthy life at Mea Slim. So the body has organs like the liver and the pancreas, which are part of the gut, which are natural cleansing machines. But how do they work? They help us cleanse those toxins when we are eating correctly, meaning if you're actually fooling your body with natural foods and not processed food, not too much alcohol, cigarettes, caffeine, then you're actually using or the body is functioning the right way. On the other hand, if you are saturating the body with the wrong foods and that's too much oil, processed food, stress, not only food, but everything, then that can generate chronic illnesses and inflammation. And that's not what we want, right? So the body responds to digestion and that is done like through signals. And here I come to my signals is like the bloating, the migraines, skin rushes, bowel movement discomforts and other symptoms everybody on their own and everybody is unique. We are all unique and everybody, Hashem gives us a body with the same organs, but we need to look after it. And as we grow older and as we get older, then we need to, we actually fooling it with differently based on where you're living, what kind of situation you're living. And therefore you need to have a balanced gut and understand how your body is functioning. So if your gut is not balanced, your immune, your immunity is not functioning properly. Okay. And then the hormones are impacted. Wait a second. So the part that really is, uh, gut health is important to everybody, but the part that for midlife specifically is that if your gut isn't functioning, it affects your immunity, which then impacts your hormones, which are already in flux because of menopause. So now between the two, it could feel even bigger. Is that what we're hearing? Yes, definitely. So let's actually talk about a little bit about menopause, but let's define menopause. What is menopause? And I know you have a whole episode with Robin on that, which was amazing. So definitely encourage everybody listening to this to go and listen to that one as well. She is the expert. But menopause is a point in time of 12 months or more after a woman's last period. So when a woman may have changes in their monthly cycles, they start feeling hot flashes, other symptoms, and these are called menopausal transition or perimenopause before you actually stop having your period for 12 months or more. Right. So that is what menopause 
is. Now, how does menopause can affect gut health with women? These are two interconnected aspects, okay, that can significantly influence our overall well-being during the transition phase of life, and that's the midlife, right? Where it occurs between the ages of 45 to 55. And recent studies have discovered that the reduction of good health bacteria following menopause can really lower the estrogen levels. And that's why gut health and menopause can really play like play a role in your health. So we know the importance of our having a gut health. And you talked a little bit about what it feels like when our gut is not aligned, when our gut is not healthy. If there's that bloating, there's the bowel movements that are not consistent or discomfort. Okay, so we can tune into that. What should we be eating? And of course, we'll talk separately about what's not on our plate. What's really the better way to live with our busy lifestyles? Okay, so women can feel different digestive issues and changes in gut function like bloating, constipation, sleep disturbances, and other symptoms, right? Now, the constipation symptom is actually the estrogen playing a role in maintaining, not having enough estrogen when you're maintaining the regular movement, bowel movement, okay? So as the estrogen declines during menopause, some women might experience constipation. In order to prevent that, or obviously every woman is different and it all depends what kind of menopausal symptoms you're facing, I would recommend including high rich fiber foods. That, that would help definitely. Some other gut health conditions can become more common in women like IBS, irritable bowel move, uh, syndrome, you've probably heard of that, mm -hmm. reflux tendencies, and that's connected to the gut, gallbladder issues, urinary tract infections, urine infections, and food sensitivities. We start reacting differently to food. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's really important for women to pay attention to their gut health by eating well, by staying active, by managing the stress and seeking professional help when they need to, when they see really that the gut is not aligned with their well-being, when they're not feeling aligned, when they're not feeling good with themselves. Okay. Okay. So let me just go back. You said about high fiber. So let's just talk about some examples of what high fiber foods are. Sorry, high fiber. First of all, I would recommend like seasonal vegetables and seasonal fruits high in fiber there is also whole grains legumes nuts and seeds and the fiber can help regulate the bowel movement and definitely support also the gut environment to support this definitely also drink plenty of water i'm intrigued drink about the seasonal water uh, seasonal fruits is it specifically the seasonal or is it because it's easier to get there? Because like now in Western culture, you can get fruit all year round. Of course, sometimes it tastes a little bit better when they're in season, but you can get it all the time. You, you can get things. That's why I mentioned in seasonal, because seasonal, if you really eat seasonal fruits and vegetables, you're eating what's local. 
So you have more chances of eating local things, not things which have been imported from other countries, which have lots of uh, pesticides and all kinds of of additives and things in order to make it look better, beautiful, fresher. And by eating seasonal and local fruits and vegetables, and not necessarily I'm talking about organic, that's a different topic. Here I'm talking also, like I always encourage my clients to introduce different uh, like habits step-by-step, step, not to do it all or nothing. So if you start introducing more rich fiber, rich foods into your diet, start small, start like, what's local, what's available to you, what you like, how your body is actually accepting it and digesting it. Um, you know, not everybody can digest legu legumes like kidneyot, the chickpeas, the lentils, maybe they don't know how to cook them. Okay, so there's a whole, it's always a learning experience, trying to adapt these new changes. Okay, I just want to go back to the seasonal again. Because yes, our supermarket here, you can get anything. But yes, some of it is imported, and sometimes they say proudly are, is imported from wherever. So is it about eating local, or it's not imported, it's uh, probably fresher? Yes. And possibly has less of the chemicals that make it look pretty? Absolutely, definitely. And is it also, I'm just curious, if it's something about in the summer eating certain fruits because of the heat and the daylight hours and the way the season is, or is it just because it's local and fresher? Yes, great question, Devora. The freshness of local seasonal produce is harvested as you speak, which offers higher nutrients and fresher flavors, right? They also taste better because they are growing when the weather is just right. So yes, certain seasonal fruits like citrus fruits provide us vitamin C that supports the collagen production, which is so important for our bone health. And also the antioxidants and nutrients in seasonal fruits can positively impact brain health and mood regulation. Let's not forget that certain fruits and veggies can give us the comfort we need during the seasons. For example, the deliciousness summer fruits like peaches, nectarines, melons, give us that freshness on a hot day where whereas the pumpkins and sweet potatoes can give us the warmth and food comfort on a cold winter fall day, right? I also want to mention the benefit of, of eating seasonal foods that can help us create a variety with our menu. We try different foods in each season, which is also fun and good for us. And generally when they're seasonal and not imported, they are possibly cheaper. Yes. Probably, yes, especially especially if they are local. So when someone feels bloated, what's, what does it feel like? What's going on inside for them? So if somebody feels bloated, it can lead to like gut motility and sensitivity, which contributes to the bloating and abdominal discomfort, okay? So hormonal fluctuations during menopause or just, regular bloating can affect digestion and may lead to building gas inside your digestive tract, which is causing the bloating. Now, it is important to figure out if this is something which is food-related or not food-related. Is it, am I feeling bloated because I just ate too fast? Is it because I ate too much? Is it because I ate... Uh, 
too much green and I didn't chew. Sometimes the green, I'm talking about eating a lot of vegetables. And so if you're eating too fast and you're not chewing enough, that might cause also some discomfort. Or is it related to the chickpeas you just ate or sugar, cake, whatever it is. So it is important to understand why you're feeling this bloating. I'm just curious, if someone wakes up in the morning feeling bloated, like so it's not something they ate recently because they didn't eat a whole night. So it's not food related. It could be something else. It's maybe from the category of off your plate. Right, so it is not necessarily food related. I am all, I'm a big believer, as you know, of covering what's the food outside your plate, which are related to areas in your life which are stressful, which are eating you up inside. So ne not necessarily because you're eating healthy broccoli, kale, protein, that means that everything is okay. Sometimes shalom bayit, shiduchim, other areas in your life which are affecting you can be eating you up and that can be causing the bloating, the headaches, the lack of sleep. So that's what I mean by the food that's not on your plate. So is it, can you say possibly that if, if you wake up in the morning bloated, that it's probably not so food related, if it's every single day, then it's possibly stress related? It could very well be. So what I do with my clients, I work on creating a pattern. So we try to identify what is it, how do you feel, when do you feel it, and when does it go away? And see if there is a pattern that we can identify there to see how to find a solution. There are certain things that are in our hands to do and certain things are not really up to us than just to govern and to ask for Hashem to help us. But we can always do our wish that loot. Now, identifying what is causing your bloating, it's like such a given, such a big thing, because then you understand that it's not related to food that is related to certain situation and you wanna find a solution for it. Now, if it's related to food, then you also try to find an alternative, right? So it's super important to identify that pattern in order to find a solution to feel better. And this will also help your gut health because gut health is not only about food, it's also about the stress around you. How can we tell if we have an unhealthy gut? An unbalanced or unhealthy gut has been connected with different health conditions. So just to mention some, digestive disorders, immune system issues, which includes allergies, mental health disorders connected to anxiety, depression, obesity, metabolic disorders. Type two diabetes is also one condition then chronic inflammation, chronic fatigue, different skin conditions like acne, eczema. These are only some examples. So while the gut microbiota connection is super important, other factors also contribute to these conditions, like maintaining a gut health through lifestyle changes and a healthy diet. And of course, seeking professional advice when needed is definitely important. 
For instance, my five-day gut health reset can help anyone to start clearing this potential irritating food out of the system, while I give you different ideas how to introduce nourishing food and nutritional boosters. Five days sound like a short time, but it's just enough to get you started and connected to your gut. It is a jumpstart, which I highly recommend based on my experience doing this short program in the last six years. So menopause and gut, uh, are there any dietary recommendations or modifications specifically for menopause? Of course, it's important to be eating properly all our life, but now that we're talking about specifically med uh, midlife, is there anything specific to this age and stage? Yes, definitely. Some dietary recommendations or modifications that you can do for to support your gut health during midlife. So one thing that I mentioned earlier was like the variety of fiber-rich foods and really introducing the seasonal foods and vegetables. The second one would be introducing probiotics-rich foods into your diet. So by consuming those kinds of foods that contain beneficial bacteria, you're actually balancing your microbiome flora, and then these foods can help you maintain a balanced gut microbiome, which is examples of probiotic foods, yogurt, kefir, sauerkraut, pickles, miso, kimchi, and other fermented food. You can also take supplements, but I would be very, very careful recommending supplements. Definitely, that's something you would check with your doctor, because there are so many strains nowadays in the market of probiotics, which not necessarily can help you. So it is important to discuss with your doctor and to also check the ingredients of those probiotics that while you are trying to promote your health with probiotics, that they don't have extra sweeteners and flavoring in order to make it more appealing for you. So it is two things when you're taking supplements. One is to know the right strain for yourself, for your gut. And the second, that it's really a clean product, that there's no extra ingredients to just make it a better product, like a more tasty product. Okay, okay. So curious now, when I look at the ingredients, will it say probiotics? And is there a number that I should be looking for? Like, how does it work? Well, there are different names, very Latin names, which are hard to pronounce. <laughs> so these are, are like what you're looking for. Okay. Um, some examples, let me see if I can find one. It's like, um, it, it would say lactobacillus <laughs> and things like that. So they are like all Latin names, which are bacteria names. And there are different, so many strains. It's like endless, the list. There's more and more and more. But you can get this out of food. And that's what I actually try to encourage people to try things at home, fermented food like sauerkraut or pickles. Pickles should not be made out of vinegar, but actually of water and salt. That's the fermented right. process. So the minute you have pickles with sugar and vinegar and all that, that's, you are actually losing the benefit of the probiotics. So like uh, so pickles and brine with salt water. Yes, exactly. That's a or better better sauerkraut. I could imagine that the cheaper sauerkraut yes. is not going to have that, but like some of the better companies. And will they say probiotic on there? No, it doesn't. You just need to read the ingredients. You won't find something saying probiotics unless they're trying to sell something, but you need to be very careful. The more simple ingredients, the better. The more, the also the longer the fermented, Procedure also the better. 
So do you have uh, do you have a, a recipe for fermented? Yes, I could share that with you. Definitely, I do that actually during my five day gut reset. I, I give recipes for the probiotics to have natural probiotics during the five days, and there we actually there is a workshop where we make sauerkraut and pickled onions and pickled cucumbers. That's so <laughs> it's cool. so simple. It's so simple and delicious. Okay, so that means something you can even make at home and get used to making it at yes. home. And then you yes. know that it's fermented and you know exactly what, what went into it. Exactly. You know exactly. The same thing with sourdough. Sourdough is actually very much in fashion nowadays. And it's actually the best bread you could be eating for your gut. Did you know that? Is it? So that's actually a good question. Is that the best? If we're going to eat bread, is that the best bread? Or should we actually include that because it has it's fermented? So if you have a choice between from um, sourdough and a regular bread, I would definitely go for sourdough because the natural fermentation process using the sourdough starter contains this bacteria and yeast, natural yeast, that your gut will benefit from. So during this fermentation, the microorganisms break down and then into gl healthy gluten and phytic acids, which make it easier for your digestion and also reduces the gut irritation. So you actually benefiting your gut with this bread. Now, the minute you're using bread with dry yeast or fresh yeast, you can, I would go more into looking which kind of flowers are you using, more spelt, whole wheat, because that makes the difference. But when it comes to sourdough, it doesn't really matter which flour. The rye sourdough is the best, but even white sourdough would be great for you. Okay. So should we be eating sourdough or should we be eating sauerkraut? Either one that's fermented. Should we be going to the bread specifically or should we just have anything that's fermented? No, actually the best would be the sauerkraut and pickles. Those have more bacteria than the bread. I'm just saying we're talking about which bread would be the best option, then it would be the sourdough dough bread. Okay. Yeah. So like put pickles into, into every salad? Put pickles. And now with that mentioned, you should also, if you have certain conditions or you are diabetic or you're taking certain medication, you should consult with your doctor because sometimes the acidity can interfere in the medicine. Okay. So I am not a doctor, but there are certain things that might not be suitable for everyone, okay. especially as we are reaching an age. Okay, but if you're not on any medication and if you wanted to work with your gut or especially if you have bloating, then uh, try these fermented foods that you said. Right. Okay. And then there is the apple cider vinegar, which is actually the best natural remedy. Again, if you're suffering from certain conditions, you should check with your doctor. But the fermented apple juice, which makes the apple cider vinegar is it has a great bacteria we and enzymes that can support your gut so add that to your salad or drink it before in the more first thing in the morning with uh, some water to start your day uh, cleansing and having a healthy gut so what about like people recommend having lemon water in the morning does that help the gut or is that just... yes it does i definitely recommend it because it's also the lemon acidity that helps cleansing all the toxins and starting your day with a clean lemon water apple cider vinegar to start your day or yeah so when i start working with somebody i said start with lemon water 
Mm-hmm. Once I get into the, the whole journey, then I introduce the apple cider vinegar. It's too much to do one, everything at once, unless you love it, right? So is it too much for the body or is it too much for the mind? To it's too much for the mind. It's too much for the mind to start. Already lemon water, some, some clients I work with, they need to add some maple syrup to make it a bit sweeter. And then we reduce it slowly because like I said, it's all about baby steps. You can't do it all at once. It's important that if you want things to work for you, that you do it slowly and consistently. And once you're actually becoming a pro at doing that, then move on or introduce something new. So it's the baby steps is because of the habit, not because of the body can't handle the big change. No, it's more because of the habit. It's more your mindset. It's more like really accomplishing it at the end of the story. You just don't want to do one thing and let go. You want to have a healthy lifestyle, a healthy body. And for that, you need to work on your healthy habits slowly. And that, well, that makes sense. But if someone is really gung-ho and doesn't mind the lemon taste and doesn't mind the apple cider vinegar and just wants to change their morning drink, drinks, I kind yes. of mixing them together, then they can they could do it. The body can handle it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just a question of might be a shock for yourself, but definitely. Like me, myself, the first time I couldn't have the apple cider vinegar in the morning, but today that's no problem at all. And it takes time. Is there anything specifically that we could do for gut health that will alleviate a menopausal symptoms? So besides having a balanced diet and probiotics, you can also include prebiotics. There is probiotics and prebiotics. There's two different things. So these are non-digestive fiber found in certain foods like garlic, onion, bananas. And they also help us support the gut health. Okay. Another thing you could do is limit sugar and processed food, but comes it comes with a healthy diet, right? Right. Well, limit sugar and processed food is good for so many things. For so many things, for brain health, for everything, really. I just finished a non-sugar challenge for six weeks with 20 women, and that was such an awareness program because it was not only remo- removing sugar. They felt so much better in so many ways in their lives and it's not only eliminating sugar or we're reducing sugar for weight loss it's just for so many other things yes definitely it's for energy is for focus is for bone health as well brain health there's so many aspects that can affect the removing sugar and processed food and actually you think it's only removing sugar but if you start reading today's ingredients in many of the products everything has hidden sugars today right so it's also understanding the sugar substitutes and the sugar alternatives and the hidden sugar names so it's really a wake-up call when you can really understand what you're eating and what you're putting into your body maybe ideally would be to make all your food yourself but i have to say here in switzerland we're very limited with kosher food we have everything but everything is highly expensive or we are limited so there's many things we make from scratch Yes. Good for you on that one, on the one side. Yeah, on the one side. It's quite hard sometimes. <laughs> First time, I can't even imagine that. But when we talk about ideals, ideals not always easiest. Absolutely, no. Another way to alleviate is regular exercise, which the same way as removing sugar and processed food, exercise can be good for so many things. It can really influence your mood, your well-being, your gut health, and I'm sure it can also help manage the menopausal symptoms, right? 
And so we discussed that in several episodes also, and I can put the links in the show notes of different things that we talked about, different exercises, because it is so important. If you haven't exercised till now, it's time to start. Yes, it is time to start. Slowly, but start. Like I said, baby steps. So you could walk, you could jog, you could swim, you can do anything, but you need to enjoy it. And if you don't like to exercise, if something exercise is not something that you introduced in your life from an early age, you can do it without too much effort as well. Some ideas is like walk to your appointment or park the car further away so you can really make those steps, extra steps. Avoid the elevator and take the staircase, things like that. Instead of asking your kid to bring you that, you actually go and get it. <laughs> so these are small things that you can start with to stay, to be more active during your day. And something that I enjoyed in our previous conversation is that tune into what you're feeling as you're making these changes. So you actually feel, remember that you're feeling better because you're eating better and you're exercising, even if it's just a little bit of exercise that might encourage you to continue doing that. And I think that it's so true Like when I ate a good meal, hey, I'm not feeling bloated after, or I feel like I ate just the right amount that I'm not feeling heavy or tired. Like tune into that. that, To me, that's encouraging to continue eating better. Yes. And you feel better. You feel also your body is more appreciates what you're giving it, right? When you're eating better and when you and of course, there will be times for cravings, and that's a different topic, a whole another episode, if you want to call it. But um, you need to really give your body what it needs to, to feel good. So in short, prebiotics, probiotics, fiber, fermented, but choose one of those things to start. Right. Choose one thing, start. It's like Greek yogurt, which is easy to find in your, probably in your supermarket. Not in Switzerland, by the way, but... <laughs> we should really appreciate that. You should really appreciate it. Uh, but things like sauerkraut and pickles and things that you can even make at home. Can you share so, a recipe? Yes, definitely. I will. Yeah. Okay, so we'll put that pleasure. in the show notes also and we'll share it with everybody. I'm just so yeah. curious how much work it takes to make sauerkraut or pickles. Now, sauerkraut takes a little bit longer, but uh, pickles is really no problem at all. I buy the small cucumbers and then you just put them in water, salt, some peppercorn, and that's it really for how long for like a week or so and then depends how sour you want them that's so cool just as at the beginning of every week just make your pickles for the week yeah and like red onion and it's delicious to put them in all your salads i'm not sure which one to start but they seem like they're really all reasonable amount of time to uh, to prepare right and exactly it's really by introducing these easy things maybe sauerkraut you want to leave for a later stage it's also easy to do but start with something that is enjoyable and that you can do that you're going to enjoy it and see the benefits of it like sauerkraut like sourdough bread it's it is a whole process but actually once you enjoy it and you love it then you do it without with yeah even closed eyes right yeah yeah no i i don't but yeah i see a lot of but no that's what i hear from people (laughs) yeah that people enjoy make and, and I think they enjoy making it and they enjoy the way it when they eat it the way it feels so it's a better it's satisfying yeah. yeah and I guess I wouldn't make it I would start with something much easier like you just say put cucumbers in a jar with a couple other ingredients and just good to go yeah start with that let me know how you like them I'll send you the well, recipe I'm going to start that okay so any final thoughts about gut health in general so 
it is important to be aligned with your body and it's important to understand what your body wants. Now, balanced diet, staying hydrated, physical activity, managing stress. We didn't speak about stress, but stress also plays a big role. And ensuring enough sleep are lifestyle factors that are essential for everyone, no matter, no matter when. However, as we get older, our body reacts differently. And as women, we tend to need to be more mindful of specific health considerations during different life stages, okay? So taking unique care and needs, such as hormonal changes during menopause, bone health, heart health, it is very important. Now, some of my practical tips for you would be, or for the listeners, would be mindful eating. Yes. To practice mindful eating by eating slowly, by chewing, because then you can really also appreciate we don't stamp say a bracha when we're eating something. We want to appreciate it. Sometimes we just do it so fast because we're in a rush, but sit down, enjoy your meal, chew, pay attention to your hunger cues and fullness, not just like, <gasps> let's move on. And also try to avoid distractions. It's so easy nowadays to have your mobile, to have your phone, even a magazine. Just enjoy your meal with your family. Another tip would be, to stay regular, to make sure you're going regularly to the toilet, to like your bowel movement is working because that can be show, sending you different signals. It could be connected to menopause. It could be also connected to the IBS. It could be connected to many things. And it is that including by including rich fiber foods and staying hydrated, that if you are consistent with that, then you definitely should be going on a regular basis. And if that's not the case, you should consult with a professional. And then antibiotic use. I think as we're getting older, doctors tend to give us antibiotics when we have a, a, a certain condition or sickness. And I would speak, be curious, understand what kind of antibiotic you're putting into your body. Talk to your doctor. How is it impacting this on your gut health? And ask questions. Ask, is there any other alternative? If you're suffering from urine infections, there are natural ways to alleviate the pain than just antibiotics. It could be you need the antibiotics. I'm not saying you don't. But try to understand and find alternatives that you might be okay taking in order to feel good. Because those antibiotics might not be beneficial in long term, what you're putting into your body. Again, you need the good and the bad bacteria for gut health, but also if you're taking antibiotics, are you taking any supplements to some probiotics in order to balance that out? So that's really important. That's so interesting. So if someone took a lot of antibiotics as they were growing up because they didn't consider this or whatever, they took it because they weren't feeling well, they didn't just take it, that right. really impact their gut health later on? Yes, definitely. And therefore, probiotics are very important to take in parallel when you're taking antibiotics. So when you're talking about your medical history, if you took antibiotics every few months because you had, I don't know, step as a kid a lot, or if someone did not you, uh, they should actually mention that. They should mention that to their doctor. Yes. And it's never too late to start adding probiotics into your diet, into your day-to-day -day supplements. You just need to know, like I mentioned earlier, which ones is the right strain for you. Mm -hmm. 
And is there a way to, uh, to take a blood test or so to find out what your probiotic levels are? So the best way to do is through your stool. If you do a stool test, a comprehensive stool test, then the doctor or your practitioner would be able to tell you which strain of probiotics is the best for you. And then as we're getting older, as a woman, we should be taking probiotics as a supplement or with food. So that is food, food first, but if you're not going to eat those foods, at least look, consider taking a probiotic. And if you did, if you do have a history, like you mentioned on antibiotics use, then maybe it's time to start introducing that probiotic as a supplement, but the right one. And I know sometimes it's very hard to find the right one. So ask for that stool test and have it analyzed. Because again, you don't want weird, to be taking the wrong gross, probiotic. But it's worth it. The information is worth it. Yes, yes. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is stay informed. We're getting older. We need to listen to our bodies. There's a lot of media noise out there. Not everything is correct. Not everything is wrong. But seek guidance. Ask and be informed and make the right choices based on what your body needs. I think it's super important. And it sounds all easy, but like you said, baby steps, baby steps. I think it's baby steps. They're all manageable things, just one at a time. One at a time, everything. Also, I think it's with everything in life. Also, children, when we want to teach them something, you start slow. There is a reason why they start in kindergarten and then they go to school and then they, they need to learn slowly. So we too, we can't make changes just like that. So that's what you do in your gut health challenge. So and during my five-day gut reset, I call it, I actually helped the woman, the Jewish woman, jumpstart their eating habits with tools to eliminate those potential irritable food triggers from the system. And then I help you identify those triggers. And I help you also incorporate the nourishing food. I'm not a believer of pills and shakes and that. I'm just more about finding the, the, the good benefits of natural food. And yeah, it just can just help to promote your gut health and your well-being and to be a better, a more energetic person for yourself, right? All right. So, so that's going to be on your website. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what is your website? How can people reach you? So you can reach me. Um, you can find me in all the social media channels under Fully In Balance, or you can check out my website fullyinbalance.com so there you can always find where active programs and services are going on so i work via zoom usually with group of jewish women which is a community support it's really unbelievable the power that this community gives when we're trying to reach goals slowly to feel better i have women from all different backgrounds everybody's very respectful not judgmental and it's just beautiful to see i love it i could see that and you're such a good leader for that so thank you so much dahlia and thank you I, for having me yeah and i look forward to hearing more about all of this so thank you i'll check out the website thank you thank you for joining me in another fascinating conversation about midlife if you'd like to reach me devara krasniansky to talk about your midlife or anything else you can reach me at jewishmidlife at gmail.com 
You can also find us on our website, jewishmidlife.com, and follow us on Jewish Midlife on Instagram or Facebook, and join our conversations in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Jewish Women Talk About Midlife. And share what we're doing with your friends and others in the midlife phase.